Hello, this is What the Heck with Richard Dweck, returning for season two. This is episode 17 overall, and uh, I guess episode one of season two. I haven't really been active with this, but I mean to be. I hope I can put out more episodes and just sort of continue this, even though it's kind of uh, really not that good. It's not great quality, but I'm working on it, and hopefully I can just make it better, and I have my listeners and stuff, and I know they're mostly my friends and fellow comics, but, uh, I'm gonna keep going. I saw The Joker a couple of weeks ago, when it first came out. It was a month ago now already. I thought it was really good. You know, I like the whole... The whole thing it did, it was a real character study. You know, it's not like you're... I like that it was different from the Marvel movies and the DC movies. I love the Marvel movies. Like, I prefer Marvel over DC from a personal standpoint. But... And I feel they're more commercially successful, which doesn't have anything to do with why I like them. I just like Marvel superheroes better. I'm more of a Spider-Man guy. Uh, that's my superhero that I like but Batman has always been interesting to me especially since doing stand-up and sort of like I really am I really like the story of uh Joker when he's a comedian like from the killing joke and stuff like that I, I love the the cartoon that came out a couple years ago that was really good it was two-parter and they didn't really do the first part right but it was very good the Joker part and uh I just, I really liked it, and seeing, like, comedians like Gary Goldman, I knew was in it, and I thought that was cool, and, um, Sam Morrow, I think, was in it, that's his name, if I'm getting that right, but, yeah, I thought it was really good, now, I, I really love, uh, I really love what's going on in pop culture with stuff, I'm really into it, uh, I've been watching a lot of stand-up specials. I have opinions on stand-up specials now, and I don't know. I listen to more Spotify stuff, like albums and stuff like that, than actual specials that are on Netflix. I catch them when I can, and ones that I like, and comedians I like, and I prefer. But I'll watch anything, you know, just give it a shot. I rewatched Annihilation, which is Patton Oswalt's uh, second to last special, I think. And it talks about Trump, and I'm a progressive, and I don't really agree with Patton Oswalt as much as I wish I did. He's not really as progressive as I am. Nothing's not progressive. It's just, he focuses a bit too much on identity politics, and that's sort of a thing that I hate about the left, like, I just don't think that's a way to judge people, you know, I think it takes a part in policy, of course, being a woman, being whatever race you are, especially if you're someone who's disenfranchised by those qualities, those affect your policy, but you shouldn't vote for someone purely because they share that thing with you, they should be, you know, do their policies align with you? Do they really 
you know, do they have your best interests in mind? What's their record? I think the biggest thing is we have so many choices. And people now are trying to, instead of focusing on the primary and focusing on, okay, this is the battle. This is the part where we have to fight. This is the part where we have to have the debates. It's like, no, let's sing Kumbaya. We can't fight in front of the Republicans or conservatives because they'll use that against us. And it's like, this is what we're supposed to do. If it was, it's the one thing that's very, um, it's very hard because I like, I hate that Republicans stick together most of the time. It always feels so funny to me when Republicans try to push that on us, like Democrats get along. Like me, I'm technically a Democrat. I'm an independent, but I'm progressive. Like, I just hate the DNC and I hate the RNC or whatever it's called. I just hate those people because they screwed over Bernie Sanders. They don't really, the corporate mainstream left is just terrible. You know, I can't, the one person that I really like, think who's, who stands in the like middle of the Democratic line pretty well is Trevor Noah. I watch him a lot on The Daily Show. I like him. I like his his uh, sense of humor, and he's also really clever and has, you know, and asks the tough questions when he has guests on, and also he focuses on the right stuff. When Biden fucks up, he jokes about it, and he he not only, like, is jokey about it, but he, he gives the points. And, you know, if, I remember when John Stewart used to go on, uh, um... Who's his name? Show. The guy that got uh, booted from Fox for the allegations. I forget his name. <laughs> My dad really liked him. But uh, him, when they used to argue a lot, when he would go on Fox and argue with people, they would always say, oh, you're a comedian. Your show's a comedy show. What's... They try to destroy his credibility. He's like, yeah, and we're making better points than you, and we're actually covering the news, unlike you. So it's a... Uh, it's an interesting thing that I have to go to Comedy Central to get my news. And I tried to watch TBS a little bit. I tried to watch Samantha B, and she was fine, you know. I kind of really dislike her personality, but I don't deny that she's, you know, funny and talented. And, you know, she's been around a while, a long time, longer than people think. And she's really worked hard for everything. I think... It goes back to the identity of politics, though, when she said, you know, there needs to be more women in late night. There doesn't need to be anyone more in late night. You know who's doing the best in late night? Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien has been around for almost 26 years. Almost as long as I've been alive. I think he started the same year as I was born. So, but he's always putting on the best, like, late night stuff. And now it's more casual. They cut back his time. And he's made the best of it, you know? He's... He's real casual now, and it's new podcast they've had for a couple months now. Maybe, I don't know how long it's been, maybe a year actually, but he's, or like six months, eight months, he's really, really good on that podcast. He's really funny, and he's always been. And he, I kind of, you know, relate sort of that Sing lady, his name Lily Sing, I think, that's new. 
in the late night world. And I think it's great, you know. She's this, you know, young person from YouTube, from internet, that she can relate to those people. And she's them. But I've seen her stuff. I've listened to her stuff. And hearing her set on Just for Laughs, I listened to that on Spotify. And just hearing her bomb in front of those people and then blaming the male audience. It's like, I'm not an M- right, MRA. I'm not like a man's way. This guy, I don't, you know, I don't have a strong connection to my gender. Not in, like, a way that I'm, you know, non-binary or trans in that way, but I'm just, which I totally uh, respect and uh, am supportive of. I'm getting off track. The point is, I'm I'm not the sexist pig. I'm just a comedy guy, and I sort of agree with Joe Rogan and the fact that he, he was talking to someone one time, and he mentioned this when he was talking to Mark Normand on their on his podcast, another great comic who I'm a huge friend, fan of, uh, he said, you know, Joe said he was talking with this woman who wanted to run the show, and she's trying to find writers, and she wants to find an all-women, all-women's, like, writers group, like, right, group of writers, and Joe's argument was, not even argument, was, he has just said, you gotta pick best people for the job it doesn't matter like if they're man or woman that's great like whatever they are but they have to be good at what they do first and I feel that's the same thing with late night hosts and with anything really but late night hosts there's always a bad there's always this line it's like who's doing the best as a comedy and who's having the most fun I think Jimmy Fallon is very good for, you know, sort of becoming that place where celebrities can go have fun, cut loose, and be like, we just want to have fun. We deal with so much bullshit over the time in our life and all this craziness going on. We need to, you know, we need to be And then, Colbert's a place where Colbert can step out of that character that he was and still ask the right questions. He still asks the right questions and he's still very political. But he's he's a little too much for the mainstream, I think. It sort of bogs down on people. I've heard people who work there who are comedians I like who just find it like a slug. Like you just get depressed from that time. But I can't talk shit about that. I'm sure they have a wonderful writing crew and I'm sure they're you know, a great place to work, but it's just, there's a whole thing you have to deal with. You're writing material from, you know, two seconds, like, it's hard. Like, right before you go on air. And I think it's, it's the same thing with Trevor Noah, but he just does it a little better in my opinion. Well, then maybe he counts as a late night guy. But I see him and uh, um, John Oliver as as that way of being more political-based, like, comedy pundits of politics, which is great, which I think they're great at. You know, I used to watch um, John Oliver host his stand-up show on uh, Comedy Central, where he had comedians on from, like, literally 10 years ago when they were, like, 
nine, ten years ago, like Pete Holmes when he was just starting out, like not just starting out, like he was just hitting, like he was ten years in and just like or nine years in, and just like finally there and able to do his jokes. And I always thought he was a good host, and uh, it was cool that he was a wrestling fan and mentioned that a couple times, but he wasn't exactly funny finding me. And then he has this show that's won a bunch of awards, and uh, I think it's called Last Week Tonight or whatever, and he's just, um, I don't even, did I say that right? I don't know what it's called. I think it is, but he's great. No, he's very brilliant, and... I don't really think he's, like, funny still. I think he has moments, but unlike Trevor Noah being funny and accurate, he's very accurate, and I think that's cool that he can sort of educate people in that way. So that is what annoyed me about what Samantha B said, because, you know, it's not about man or woman or whatever race you are. I mean, that's fine, and that draws in people and that relates to people and that's good but it has nothing to do with the quality of your show you know I can't blame uh Lily Sick and I don't think Conan would either I think Conan would really relate to her because he had a tough time breaking out and he was like her basically an unknown he was a writer from from uh the Simpsons and from other things he was a Harvard graduate of you know, he worked for the comedy magazine. He he never he wasn't a performer. Like people didn't know of his performing. He did improv for uh, years and starting out with Lisa Kudrow. And he's you know he's great as a performer, but he really was a sleeper hit. Like he and he had to build stuff up. It wasn't like it was the Wild West for him. And he really was on the verge of being cancelled in, in his first, like, year. And I think with Lily Singh, she's already reading out um, hate mail on her show. But, and hate tweets. But the tweets are also very good criticism, I think. Some of them. I mean, she's stolen a couple jokes. She's sort of has that lack of being in your net comedian compared to regular comedians that people expect of late night hosts. I mean, you know, Johnny Carson and David Letterman, they started out in the clubs and that's how they became uh, late night hosts. They were comedians. And um, same thing later with Pete Holmes. But I think, like, they don't have... They don't have that, like, thing of, like, going from the original. But that doesn't matter, you know? As long as whatever they're doing is good and it makes people happy and it entertains them, then who gives a fuck? Who cares about what is criteria for what anything is? For me, I just think the best comedy, like, talk show should expose the best comedians, like... I love the late night, like, the last comedians who come out, and they do their five minutes, and, which feels like two minutes, and they just, like, and they're really able to do it, 
and with Conan, they're able to get a little bit more away with, they're just more casual, they can, um, they can do riskier material, because it's TBS and not, like, a main channel, and, you know, it's still, like, more PG-13 rating, but it's not, like, it's not, like, the really stifled, like, PGG rated of, uh, those main ones, and, uh, I mean, there's just so much, and Seth Meyers, he does good politically, he's very funny, and, uh, but I feel he gets lost in the mainstream, but it's not all, we don't focus on these guys because they're men, and they're, they're funny, and they've had their big things, and I think... Uh, Jimmy Fallon gets a lot of flack. He's a very funny guy. If you go back and watch him on YouTube, you can find him at like 17, 16, performing for the first time at a talent show. And he was a great, you know, and he toured later as a, you know, musical comedian. And he really, he was someone who started out as a comedian and became a lightning host. And he tried to do acting and he was on SNL. And he did pretty well on SNL, besides breaking. And I think he's very genuine. I think he's more genuine than people think. And he seems like a guy who just loves to have fun. Maybe he drinks too much, but that's what I heard. But who am I to judge? He's, you know, he's just that guy. He's the party guy. He's great. And I think he just had different types of people to go after. You want someone you want those different varieties of people I think that sort of is what gets lost in modern comedy nowadays it's awesome that we have so many people that comedy can be so progressive now as a progressive person I really feel that that's great but I feel like it's getting glossed over that and like judged that older comedy, like, where it originated in the clubs, was, um, was different than it comes off as now. I mean, it wasn't just, like, man after man after man after man. Technically, it was, and maybe there should have been more women, but there weren't at the time. And, you know, I'm just thinking of, like, the comedy store and how you could see like Seinfeld come up and then usually who would follow him was like Jeff Dunham starting out and that was cool because Jeff Dunham had to do his whole act with the three puppets at once and the four and really keep it up and really try to stay on his level following him and then maybe you get like Robin Williams after and then you get Jim Carrey mixed in get like just different people and um, just feels like those guys sort of that whole crew sort of gets you know mislabeled by just being oh that was men's comedy they sort of some down maybe they did I don't know Missy Shore you know passed people and I'm sure she had her credentials and her like things that she looked out for for people and a lot of it was half of it was talent half of it was probably star power but 
there's just that variety. And I think variety is a big thing when you go see comedy nowadays. And it should be... And it should be, like, a mix of, you know, people and generation and, or, you know, demographic. But, and demographic sounds too technical, like, too, uh, too fake to me, like, insincere. Like, just bothering down people to a demographic is not cool. It's not, like, cool to do that at all. It's really bad. I don't mean that in that way. But I think it's, you know, I think it really sucks to, like, just combine a show. Like, don't have an all-men's show. Don't have an all-women's show. Intermix it because, look, and if you're going to have a show, that's great. But, like, mix up. Have different people of different, you know, styles and different, you know, backgrounds and you know that's what comedy is to me you go out to a comedy club you can see a bunch of people and you know maybe spend two hours 90 minutes listening to a bunch of entertainers and it doesn't matter like what's on the outside it's just their jokes and with a comedian all they have is their jokes I mean I think that's the biggest thing that's tough with, like, people who sort of start out in that sense. I mean, being online, just from what I've seen, is it's so easy to copy. It's so easy to manipulate. You go after memes and try and, like, come up with your own spin. And with stand-up, it's so much encouraged that to be original that you have to really work hard and I'm not saying that people like internet stars don't work hard they do and there's a whole world to it that I think people overlook like the guy ninja who is a uh, the world's like richest and he's a gamer and he's the youngest but the thing is he's not like he is a good gamer but the thing is about him is he builds the community of people that's really tight-knit and really positive. And he's funny. And he has a sense of humor. Same thing with Felix, uh, um, PewDiePie. Like, he's got a sense of humor. That's what he is. He's partly, like, a personality on top of being a gamer. And, uh, that's what draws people in. And that's what they have, but it's hard because those people don't really, you know, identify as comedians, they say they try to, but, you know, they're just entertainers, and I get that, and I think there's a big, like, thing, like, I'm not a, I try not to think that I'm that, um, purist as a comedy fan, I'm like, as a person, when I think about comedy and discuss it, you know, I think the way you perform comedy in stand-up, you can use anything. You can use any type of, you know, thing instead of a microphone. A microphone, uh, a, um, what are those things called? 
a theremin. Theremin, that's what I mean. You can use anything. You know, some type of voice recording. You just need that and a stage, and that's all you need. But why is it bad? Why is it? What's the difference with it being, you know, an online thing? People will ask. Well, editing and short, you get the same. If you get, you get the effect afterwards. Unless you're live streaming, you don't really get like, which rarely happens. I guess that happens with gamers, but you don't get that instant feedback of the audience. Like you can't, you basically can't hear people, you know, laughing and you know interacting with your material, and you can edit, which is like not great. Like if I did this live, it would be a completely different atmosphere because it'd just be me doing stand-up. It would, which is a bit more boring because I don't really do my jokes here. I just sort of ramble on and it looks it's almost 25 minutes. Uh, just going through my bullshit. Um, the song I picked out for um, the intro, it's it's really interesting because it sort of defines like the way I am now, like in my romantic life, I should be dating one. Because I think I was insolidation, if that makes sense. I was like semi. I was like close to being one. And then I've just sort of not been, luckily, when I've reached this age. Like, songs I used to relate to with women I liked, the girls I liked in school and, like, everything was, like, that song, um, She's so high, high above me, she's so lovely. Like Cleopatra or Joan of Arc or Aphrodite. Holding women up on the past, though, that was really bad to do. Like, and partly I blame pop culture. Not taught entirely, but pop culture did show us, like, the nerds get the girls, the turkey guys get the girls. Like, it just sort of was that. And in real life, it's like, oh, no, you have to, like, attract people and find the person you're matched with and... People won't just fall in love with you because it's hot, because it's a fairy tale and everything. And now, like, my stuff is more um, similar to that song, uh, Clavicle by Echo and Trea, which is like the lyrics go, like, been on top of the world since about six months ago, since the first time I laid eyes on you. I lost the train of thought as I entered the room. I saw it looked like really good food and I saw it, and so did you. I wanna wake up naked next to you, kissing the curve in your clavicle. And then, clavicle, and then goes, I've been on top of the world since about one week ago, marking the first time I felt numb enough to talk to you. I lost all train of thought as your eyes met mine. I thought you were gorgeous, I gave you my phone number. You gave me your phone number, I gave you mine. Before you left, you said that I can bet. You said that, I said that you can bet I'll be bothering you soon. And I said, you said, no bother, please do. I called you twice. It's been a hellish night to not think about you all the time. Sitting around waiting for you to call. Like, to say, like, I'm, I can, you know, I can sort of smooth my way in to building a rep, rapport and, you know, try and 
kids get attention and, you know, build a relationship, but I just don't, you know, the follow-through is hard. And I don't blame it because people get busy and they just, it's very tough and you just got to offer what you can offer as a person. And I think that's great and I can only do what I do. And, of course, I'm going to take care of myself and, you know, try and see attractive in a healthy way. But I'm not going to change in certain other ways. And I think that's healthy, you know, because I can't focus on being something I'm not. I can only say, hey, this is me. Come join the ride. And hopefully we can just work this out, this crazy world out together. And... I know this seems corny, but that's what I'm into. You know, I can't be one of those guys, like, my brother was really good at it, but I can't, like, be one of those guys who, like, okay, just goes on a dating app or goes on a, uh, like, a, more of a service to get, uh, like, a hookup app. Like, I can't do that. I have to build a reputation. I have to fall in love with a person. I can't. I don't think I could ever just, like, sleep around and, like, do that because it's corny. But I want things to be special. And I think that's just a deeper insight into my sort of dating stuff that no one should really have to hear. (laughs) It's just gross being, you know, a guy. But, um, I'm always... Uh, very self-facing, very, like, destroying everything I say and, you know, denying everything I do as invalid. Maybe it's my insecurity. I don't know. Uh, I have another song that's good about that. Maybe I can have that at the end. Um, thank you for listening. And, uh, it's been 30 minutes. Uh, season 2, episode 1. Episode 17 overall pretty good.